Welcome to episode 7 of 115 Miles. Today's episode is a Mental Health Awareness Week special where in typical 115 Miles fashion, me and Hass tackle some of the more difficult conversations that surround the mental health topic. If you do enjoy the episode, then please could you leave us a review on whichever platform you use to listen to 115 Miles. And on top of that, know that we do have an Instagram account now at 115 Miles Pod. We'll see you there, and I hope you enjoy the episode. This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Living exactly 115 miles apart, our lives could not have been more different growing up, yet we find ourselves today as really good friends with many similar outlooks and perspectives. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture, and everything in between. So, Hass, it's Mental Health Awareness Week. It's Friday at the point of recording this of Mental Health Awareness Week. And we know that the the topic for this week was kindness. It was actually originally sleep, but they changed it to kindness, right? So I'm going to start today by asking you a question about kindness. Okay. Have you ever been unkind? <laughs> oh man! Didn't see that coming, a, did you? What a banging start! Yeah. Um, and by the way, yeah. When you answer yes, because I know you will, yeah. I yeah. want you to give me an example of when you've been unkind. Okay. All right. This is going to be a bit of dead air while I think, but um, okay. So the so the short answer is yes. Yeah. Of course, I've been unkind. Yeah. Um, Don't think about it too much. It can be anything. It can be small. It can be it can be big. Uh, I just want to. I want to know an example of when you did it because I want to ask you something okay. about it. Well, usually <laughs> when uh, when uh, when we play fantasy football, Josh, uh, and uh, and you're having a, a weak run of uh, you know of uh, performance. <laughs> Uh, that's when I tend to really amp up my uh, unkindness towards you, bring you down. Uh, it actually makes me feel really good about life when I can bring you down when you haven't been performing well on the fantasy football. Yeah, okay. That's when I'm unkind. Okay. Um, that's, a, so that's, I, that's an example when you're just unkind just to be a knob. Unkind. Right, just for the, for, the, for, the, for the reason to be unkind, right? So you've given me the worst possible example for where I want to take this. Okay, I'm, I'm, okay, I've got an answer for you. All right. And this is quite an honest answer. Good, that's what I want. I'm more unkind internally than I am externally. Okay, okay. So I think unkind things more than I say unkind things. Yeah, yeah. You get it? So, like, I might judge someone. Yeah. I might uh, judge someone for their appearance or what they're saying. I may not have all the full facts, uh, and and I'll jump to a conclusion, but but then I'll probably realise that it's not a very nice thing, or it might be unkind. So I won't verbalise it always, but most of it might happen internally. Then it has happens externally. I can't really think of anything specifically because most of the time I'm a kind externally human you're being. kind, but internally yeah. you're a judgmental, yeah. horrible. Yeah, exactly. Man. Just no one gets to see it. Just no one gets to see it. Okay. I think that's pretty normal. I think that's pretty normal. I think, like, you know, people do that. 
Okay. Quite a lot. So when that happens, we haven't got a specific example here, right? And I don't really know where I'm going to go with this, but I'm going to run with it anyway. Uh, when you are being unkind to somebody internally, so let's say you've just judged somebody, right, quite harshly internally, and you, you, you haven't come out of it externally. Why do you do that? Why are you unkind about them in, in your mind? Um, I'm spotting the differences, maybe, between us. Yeah. Um, I am also maybe uh, thinking about uh, choices they've made, whatever. You know, I mean, it's, it's hard to kind of really pinpoint it down, but I think it's, it's you know, it's probably related to... Uh, you know, things within my nurture that I, I've been raised with, values, systems, that sort of stuff. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'd, you know, it's probably a, a combination of things, I would say. So that's the, the that's kind of like the process, right, behind how you get there. But why does that result in you being unkind? Why, why when somebody does something differently to you, what part of yourself brings that unkindness? And I am pushing you here purposely, by the way. Okay. What? What? Um. You look at someone and you think, "Well, he's such a knob when he does that." On, well, yeah, whatever it, it is. It, it, inevitably, it, it points to something about how you feel about yourself. Right. So actually, I might, you know, I might look at like somebody who's really ripped on Love Island and think, "Oh, that that guy's a total brainless moron." Yeah. But I'm probably going, oh, "But he's put the effort into." to look as good as he does and I don't look like that. So I'm just going to pick on him for being a brainless moron. Right. Or her. Okay. Yeah. Right. So th th that's quite a good example. Right. So, and it shows that when you make that judgment of him, right, it's something to do with yourself. Now, when, you know, to make a judgment of somebody on Love Island, who's got a ripped body, right. Is harsh on your part. Right. Arguably. Right. But you're not, you're not a bad person. Right. Mm. So, the point that I was, you know, I was trying to sort of lean towards on here is a point that I've kind of made when we look at kindness this week, right? We do this thing where we, we go kindness, uh, being unkind is a really bad thing. So then we just flat right go about calling everyone out that's unkind, right? Now, I know for me, if I think of the times when I'm unkind, yeah, to somebody, um, in the same way that you are maybe judgmental or I'm not very nice to somebody it's normally when I'm not in a very good place for whatever reason I'm likely to be more unkind if I'm struggling internally with something so you've spoken before actually on the podcast a little bit about what you like your weight when you were younger you know that you're you're in a in a process at the moment of doing the rower and stuff like that so it's interesting that the first thing that comes into your head is somebody that's ripped on, on Love Island, right? Mm. So that's a reaction to that part of you. And so what I'm, say, what I'm trying to say is if we want to help create a culture of kindness, simply just calling people out for being unkind and shaming them for it is not, is not going to help the situation. And so we start to recognize that unkindness in that sense, right, could be a sign of an emotional struggle. Yeah. You see where I've gone with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not always true, though, is it? Like, people, people there are nasty people uh, who are just unkind. Of course. You know, like, it does, 
I guess the point is we always have to recognise that between me and you, we will always look to deeper uh, rationale as to why something, you know, what the cause and effect is. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, you've done a lot of work in it. You've been through it. We've talked a lot about cause and effect. And actually, we talked about it in our when we talked about bullying, actually, that, you know, it will sometimes point to, oftentimes point to something going on. Uh, you know, in, in that bully's home, mm. but we also quickly said that actually there are dicks as well. Yeah, you know, and and um, and there are unkind people. There there are people that just genuinely just don't have kindness uh, in their wiring. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so in terms of calling people out for being unkind, um, you know, the opposite of that is it feels a little bit like um, it feels a bit awkward when you're calling people out for being kind. Or you're recognizing kindness, you know, like it's like uh, it's almost like you feel like ashamed or embarrassed to say, oh, you know, this person's been really kind or they've been generous or whatever. Mm. So it's like, where do you find the the middle ground? Yeah, well, exactly. And and often and this is like, you know, one of the things about what we try and do in this podcast, right, is is tackle that gray area in between. Right. And it's it. When we start to realize that sometimes unkindness might be a reaction to an internal struggle, that also doesn't justify it. So if you were horrible to someone with abs, to use that example, I wouldn't say, oh, it's all right, don't worry about it. It's just because you're emotionally struggling. You, it would still be reprimandable, right? And and, and we, would, we would have to make sure that, you know, we show that you can't be like that. And... We can do that with compassion and think, well, hang on a minute. Why is somebody getting, why is somebody being unkind in this way? But I think we do that flat right. There's like this, the call out and shaming culture at the moment where where there's a lot of, also there's a lot of like virtue signaling as well. So sometimes when you think about the people online, for example, you know, like it's the whole be kind thing that came out of what happened tragically to, to Caroline Flack. So many of those people that are saying be kind are the same people that are on social media, like calling other people out and shaming them in certain ways. And I think sometimes that can even be dressed up in in, in like multiple of layers. You know, when you see them real passive messages online where people and I think you're being horrible and you're trying to sort of dress it up as if you're trying to help somebody, but you're just flat right being not very nice. And so it is everywhere. And I think we have to understand that we all have the ability to kind of move through move through that sort of range of reactions and emotions. And I guess in a way, it kind of brings it back to what you said at the beginning, which is like, you're, you can be a lot more unkind internally than you are externally, right? Yeah, and, and you know what? I think the reason I mentioned that, I wasn't trying to dodge it. No, no, yeah. I try, yeah, I try not to, you know, I, tr- I try not to operate that way in life anyway. Um, but you also have, you know, you have a filtration process where you can check yourself. Mm. So you might, you might, you know, you might think something, you might think something unkind. Um, but actually you, you, the, the, the internal processor stops you from verbalizing it. Right. And so, um, and it's the uncontrollable part, you know, the, the, the intuition that comes in or the connectivity. So, you know, um, whatever you might like look at somebody and or make a judgment or make a judgment about a situation or whatever it might be um 
but you stop yourself. So that's 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 an important, powerful tool. Yeah, know, yeah. To stop you from being, you know, unkind in person. Yeah. Because I am not going to stop being unkind to you when uh, when fantasy football comes back up. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, no, but that's understandable because you've been losing for a long time on it. So uh, that's it, not necessarily true. You you are it would make perfect you sense, are doing fake news here. Fake news, <laughs> <laughs> as, as, old, as your best mate Donald Trump uh, says. Yeah, because we all know you're a big, big, big Donald Trump supporter. As you've said I, I, a couple of times. Can on we this just podcast, clear actually. this up, by the way? <laughs> Nothing to I clear hate, up, mate. You, I you hate have, Donald Trump. You mate. just need to go back through the archives and see how much you think he's. You actually said you'd like to live with him um, <laughs> <laughs> in, I think, episode three. Um, <laughs> no, it's interesting that you would, you know, when we start talking about fantasy football, you would try and make me look like some sort of Donald Trump supporter, especially with, you know, how often you've had to talk to my back throughout the season because uh, I've been so not far that, ahead. Not you, that frequently. Like, but anyway, we're going off topic. But Mental Health Awareness Week. It's a big week for you, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a busy week uh, and a big and a big week. And I really like it. I'm a big fan of it. I, like, as somebody who works in that space, I, I, I really understand and recognise the importance of it. Uh, and you actually see a lot of people... Uh, that work in the space in the way that I do that get a bit funny about it during the week. You'll see them sort of posting saying, you know, we do this, I do this all year. And I've seen some people sometimes say, I'm not going to post about it during this week because I do it all year. Um, but as big as it's got, and it has got big because everybody talks about it when it happens, it's easy to get a little bit sort of narky about that. But uh, I also am the ambassador for NACOA, which you obviously know. And we do COA week in February. And this has changed slightly now over the last few years. But when I first started campaigning with NACOA four or five years ago, the only time anyone anywhere would ever listen to anything we've got to say, particularly in the press and things like that, was during COA week. And so that week, our whole year revolved around that. And it was trying to keep the momentum after COA week, COA week and build the momentum in the run-up to COA week, right? And it's still a little bit like that in, in that space. So the fact that it's not really like that for mental health anymore shows how far we've come. Does that make sense? And you you can't never really lose sight of that. Um, how do you find it? As somebody who doesn't work in the space, I guess because I, like, I probably live in an echo chamber in terms of what I see online because so many of the people that I interact with are kind of in that space. Does your, interact, does your online interaction change? Do you see it change drastically for, for Mental Health Awareness Week? And how does it make you feel when it does? I mean, I don't necessarily change my behaviours that much, you know. I mean, I'll I'll reference it with people that I know are deeply connected to it. You know, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll ask how it's going. Um, but I guess what I get frustrated with is um, organisations that don't genuinely don't talk about it for 51 weeks of the year. Mm. And then suddenly it's a thing and it's big. And I think I haven't got an issue with, you know, raising the awareness. It's important. You use the week where all the eyes are on yeah. it, right? That mm. make That's just smart marketing, right? Yeah. But um, in, terms of, in terms of what you're trying to achieve with the week. But what I have a real problem with is, is organizations who just jump in on the bandwagon, do some stuff, and then never say it again. And I think that is the challenge with a lot of, like, topical moments or things you know or, or important things yeah so there are people you know let's take um uh you know black history month right mm -hmm. lots and lots and lots and lots of 
people jump in, lots and lots of uh, organizations jump in and kind of, and then and then where's where's the rest uh, where's the conversation for the rest of the year? Yeah. And how do you connect back what you're saying during the run up to that month, during that month with what's going on in the world? And where's your perspective if you're a big corporation and you're doing some stuff around it? Where's your perspective when uh, what's happening in the world such as, you know, uh, brutality by kind of police or you know people that you know are just going out for a jog and they don't make it home like where's the connection yeah you know so so that's the thing i have a problem with weeks or days you know like when we i think we've talked before about it's really important to have the day but i think the more important one is day is the whatever insert whatever in in in, in commas day plus one yeah 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 because yep. everyone moves on. Yeah, because th- so what happens on what happens on mental he- uh, health week awareness week on the Monday after it? Yeah, what's your plan? Yeah, and I guess what uh, what's your plan, John? Uh, Josh, John, <laughs> John, uh, Josh. Uh, what's your plan for next week? Well, look, next week I'm just flat out busy back to back every day. So uh, Monday, my plan next week is to do nothing because it's bank holiday. But uh, I don't know. I guess in a way it's it's slightly different for me because I am doing it all year. So next week for me is the same as last week was for me, right? And it, and, and really I haven't changed my behaviour this week for Mental Health Awareness Week. So I think the question is probably bigger to, to organisations that feel like they've made, they've, you know, nodded towards it this week. What are you doing next week? Yeah. What are you really doing? What are you really doing about mental health? Are you just giving a nod to it this week? But on the flip side of that, as somebody that works in the space, it's my duty if I go into an organization to try and change that, to try and create an experience that lasts beyond this week. And there is a flip side again to to what you've said as well, right? And we have, like, I'll always try and ask why might somebody do that? Why might, you know, the CEO of a big company only be interested in mental health awareness during Mental Health Awareness Week? And if I ran a company that was really being, that was being really successful and everything was going well, and one of the people team come to me and said, we need to do a lot more around mental health and well-being, I might say, if I've never struggled massively internally, and I know everyone has to some degree, but if I've never struggled in a way that's made me need to feel that I need to do anything about it, right? If you came to me as part of the people team and said, we need to do more about mental health, I might say, okay, why? And you say, well, it's good for the people, you know, make them work better. And I say, yeah, but look how well we're doing. Everybody's working amazingly. And then I say, so why do you want money off me to do that? So so I'm not, I'm not suggesting that that's right, but I'm throwing it out there as something that, you know, that's what we need to address. And so that's some of the things when I do work with people teams, by the way, in organizations that I try and address, they will say to me, you know, it's difficult to get the the powers that be to do something about this. So obviously I've been, I've run, I've run HR departments, you know, before. So I sort of understand the context of it and I understand exactly where you're coming from. If things are going well, and actually, and uh, the leader of that organization is not somebody that's, you know, that's had a, a struggle or, mm. or understanding. Um, 
So why, so why, why would you invest it? Well, firstly, you know, I think uh, it's really important to, uh, to evolve these conversations away from the people team and where, you, where the people team are seen to be going cap in hand. It's not a money equation. It's about, um, you know, it's about um, moving the organization forward. So you work with lots of successful organizations, right? Yeah. If you look at certain criteria, like they are, you know, manufacturing, global uh, service businesses, all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. But you know that the external vision that people might have of those organizations is not matched by what's going on internally. Yeah. And so actually, you know, if you run an organization that is successful, there are going to be pressure points. Mm. And where there are pressure points, there's going to be uh, situations where um, people are being under pressure. Yeah. And so, so that's so, so I think there should be um, really good CEOs look at all the data. Yeah. They don't just go by what's, um, what their what their gut feeling is yeah one of the things you have to learn i'd had to learn when i was in hr wasn't you know my personal tastes around creating a learning and de development program it couldn't like just feed the way that that it needed to be for that organization mm. it had you know you have to do what's right for the organization and um you know i was listening to um another podcast and it was a it was a, it was a, like a venture capitalist person mm. You know, they invest in companies and they said one of the first rules you have to learn is um, you can't just make decisions on whether you like the product or not, whether you would use the product or not, because you, you have to kind of get rid of that bias yeah. and, and look at the wider picture, look at the data. So that's why I think it's important that you have to uh, look at everything, all the impacts. Yeah, yeah. And look at things. Uh, you once shown me that uh, the view of the thing coming above all of the trees so that you can see everything, right? And, perspectives yeah yeah and one of the things that i've done with like some of the organizations that i work with so the reason i bring that up is because sometimes the, these people will come to me and they'll say um they'll explain that the, the issue that they've got like we're really keen to do something but it's just trying to get the budget and, and making people see how the value in this and how important it is and it'd be very easy to to sort of in in the position that i'm in be like well if you don't value it right if they don't value it then they they, they can't have it but sometimes what i do with organizations is say well i remember one particular and I won't name them, but I was working with them and some of their apprentices and, 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 and I was doing some of the resilience stuff that I did. And I remember one of the, one of the, a couple of them actually, but one of the apprentices shared this amazing story, right? A backstory of their life. And they talked about how working for this organization felt like a massive opportunity for them. Right. And part of their apprenticeship scheme thing that they were doing is they were going to like, maybe like create an app or do an event or do something like that. Right. As a way of sort of integrating them to within the culture and I'm talking broadly here to make sure that I don't give anything away. Um, and so I spoke to the people there and I said, look, if you were to try and do an event here that you could get some of the, the, the higher up people to come along to, if they saw some of these people talk as passionately as they just have about the opportunity they've got, while in the same instance talking about some of the things that they are experiencing and dealing with away from, from their work in life, you'll be hard pushed to have these people at the top sit there and look to that and not think, you know what, I want to do what I can to make sure that I support this thing. Yeah. So sometimes it is about creating to bring it back to what we were talking about in the awareness weeks. Right. And, and going forward, sometimes it is about creating that experience in somebody, right. C creating that shift internally so that they can see the bigger picture. Yeah, and to, so that they can do what you just spoke about and, and, and become much more aware of all of the data, right? Because what's the saying? Not 
not everything of value can be measured and not everything that can be measured is of value right nice so yeah. so you make it you make it very human does that make sense what i've said there yeah um, and also you know look if the world is pointing to it if actually that you have a a light bulb moment as a result of something that you see as a, a you know then it's then it then it's good exactly yeah. there's I, the power. I mean i guess i'm not challenging the week I'm, i think the week is brilliant and the effort that goes into it i'm challenging going back to normal you know yeah on a sunday night um so i I want to just ask you something actually that yeah. just it just popped into my head it's a it's a it's a it's a different topic um I was talking to a mate uh, yesterday and we're just having a catch up and I was talking about on our uh on our recent podcast where I was just you know where a, you know a friend called out that we always just sort of say yeah everything's okay and yeah, yeah. Uh, and we tried a different approach which was really useful and we we got on to talking about um you know zoom calls or video calls at the moment and you know we go you know we started by saying hey how's it going and everyone goes yeah yeah fine and then you sort of move on really quickly but actually behind the scenes you can sort of pick up you can pick up signals yeah. that everything's not all right mm. you know um so it might be that you know somebody is um uh you know in a by themselves or they're in a you know a small space that that actually they used to you know that they've lost their liberties mm. to kind of go and do other things and you can sort of sense it but because they haven't said they haven't because they haven't invited you into the conversation you feel awkward and oftentimes these are business relationships so i uh, so you've often talked about we've talked about but you know you've talked about it quite um quite a lot about the notion of reaching in mm. instead of expecting people to reach out mm. so you know a lot of people say well look if they need me they'll you know you know where i am yeah reach out to me yeah yeah uh, and but people don't so uh, how can people reach in 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 the current situation that we're talking about on on yeah. zoom calls and stuff like that yeah well i do think like one thing that you have to be aware of is not 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 pressuring right so don't you know don't you don't make it like it becomes your duty to make sure that you fix this person because then you're going into fixing territory fixing is about you right supporting and and reaching in is about creating creating that space and sometimes i think that you know far from the comment that you said of you know where i am and you even did you know for the purpose of people listening you you lifted your arms up in, in, in a kind of backing away motion right to really kind of show where that you know where i am is everybody knows what you mean when you say you know where i am right mm -hmm. so creating that space and becoming comfortable in the way that we feel when we create that space so by that i mean becoming comfortable with an awkward silence but knowing that there's a lot to be heard in silence So if I say to you has like I just want to I hope you don't mind but I just want to let you know that I've noticed a couple of things right on our last few calls right and I just want to let you know that genuinely I'm here and if you feel like it's something that you'd like to talk or share about then I want to give you that opportunity mm. and I've purposely left that silence and when I left that silence I felt a tingle go up in my body fuck this is awkward right it's silent he's just looking at me right and you have to when you're creating space for someone you have to listen to that because the reason so often that we come in and say 
I might go, Has, and I'm creating this space for you. Then I start feeling all awkward in that silence. And you, you as the, the, the person I'm trying to create space for, might be go in your head going, tell him. Just tell him. Just tell him. And then because I'm too awkward with the silence, I might go, but just know, mate, I think you're quality, all right? So I don't, you know, don't, I don't want you to worry. And that's because I'm trying to get the levels back up for me because I can't deal with that, that silence. So sometimes it is about, well, not sometimes, nearly all the time, holding space for somebody is about the way you manage and regulate your own emotions so mm. that you can create that space. Mm. And that's not easy because silence can be difficult mm. and there's so much power to come out of silence not just in the words and the sounds that come out of it, but in the silence. Does that make sense? Of course it makes sense to me. I'm a coach. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, so, so, so I understand it. But um, uh, yeah, you know, I, certainly in the beginning of, of my coaching days, I found it difficult mm. to be with the uh, silence. Um, and, you know, and people feel awkward with the silence, you know, on the other side and they sort of just start, you know, and, and, and often, you know, if I, if I know it's just um, momentum that they're trying to just kind of stir up and just get going, you know, I'll slow it back down. But in my coach training or in our coach training, you know, we learn about three different levels of listening, right? Mm. Uh, which is the co-active model, uh, uh, level one, which is listening to your m monologue as a mm. coach, right? So you're like, or, or as the listener. So that's what you were talking about, you mm. know, just, oh, you know, oh, I'm getting uncomfortable with the science or, he, you know, she should do this or um, why doesn't why doesn't he get it or, you know, mm. and that sort of stuff. So you're like listening to your own voice and then waiting for your moment where you can just share, you know, so you've stopped listening to the other person. Mm. Right. Level two is where you're really having like we're having today, like we have on our podcast is really listening to each mm. other and really being in communication and and, and being um, there for each other really and truly being in the space and then level three which is more difficult but it's kind of it's your environment as well so it's being it's level two plus you know so so it's your environment around you um uh, picking up resonance picking up kind of body language and it's obviously much more difficult when you're you're in a virtual space but you you can still do it you can see someone's body language you can see whether they are um giving you eye contact you can see mm. whether uh you know you could just pick these things up you can pick it up in the resonance and you know one of the biggest skills uh in 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 the work that we do is um and it has to be developed even more over time but it's quite a natural um skill is is intuition mm. so if your intuition is is going strong about something just be courageous mm. just it's called blurting it out, you know, and you just go, right, here's my intuition. Mm. This is what I'm thinking. And if it's wrong, you can move on. You say, oh, no, okay, cool. Sorry. It's just, you know, um, mm. it was just something that I was feeling and you move on. But actually it just opens things up. And then the other thing I find is being declaration. Mm. So I almost make a joke and say, you know, it's, it's such a throwaway comment when we say, how are you doing? But actually I want to, I want to try something different like we did, which is, Mm. Name a word that sums up how you're feeling right now in this moment. Yeah. And then it's expansive. The other ways to do it is to um, is to definitely not do uh, closed questions. Yeah. Are you feeling all right? Yeah. Yeah. No, whatever. And opening them out. Yeah. Um, what, what's, what's, what's been different for you this week? Yeah. Just, just to open up a conversation. Yeah. And I, like, we spoke about the, the question that I talk a lot about uh, last week where I say, rather than asking how you are, say, 
Tell me one thing, has tell me one thing that you've struggled with this week. And then it's like, whoa, right? You've either got to say, well, I haven't struggled at all, or I've created the opportunity for you to be able to share something a bit different with me. Are you okay? Allows me the space to just say yes or no, doesn't it? So it's those, it's those open, open questions of, are of huge value as well, right? Like when, when, when you learn the importance of them, because again, going back to the training that we know, it helps people to, it, the, the open questions are the ones that make them start to challenge and experience themselves, isn't it? Because you've got to, you know, you've got to go in and think of the answer rather than being allowed to just give, to verbalize something that closes, closes down the conversation. And for, you know, and for people that may want to talk but can't, that's an, that's an opportunity to help them, mm. you know, um, uh, you know, and that, because if you, if you give like the close questions, it's, you know, it's like, well, let's move on and let's get to business. Mm. And the other thing about, um, about the way the setup is at the moment is you organize Zoom meetings for a reason. You don't just kind of have a coffee and just, you know, and I think people are starting to evolve a little bit. I was, I was on mm. a kind of a, a call with a bunch of founders last week. It was, you know, it was, it was great that actually a lot of people, they were saying that, you know, I'm sort of a bit tired of that organized socializing, mm. you know, and actually now what they've been doing is they might just drop a note at the end of the day and say, anyone fancy a drink? Like rather than, you know, and then just kind of opening up a bit more. Mm. Um, and then there are, you know, there are great organizations that are, and people and leaders that are really working hard and just make sure that, you know, that they are being curious. Yeah. Actually, I'm surprised we haven't yet used the word curious when we're talking about this topic because yeah. I think that is um, uh, such an important word. Be curious. Yeah. You know. I mean, everything should come from curiosity. Everything, every, probably everything that we've spoken about so far today, right back to when we were talking about why are you unkind? Yeah, when, when, when somebody's unkind, rather than just shaming it, get curious about it. Can, are they just a knob, right, like you are with fantasy football, or, or are they being unkind for a reason, yeah? And I think sometimes even with fantasy football, you're being unkind for a reason and it's because you're not very good at it and you have to play with somebody that is good at it. And I think a lot of people <laughs> resonate with that as well. Um, I, I just feel like we are, um, we are given the impression that we are, um, we're like really good at fantasy football and actually um, you're, you're not, not very good <laughs> and I'm just a little bit better than you. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, uh, but I think it's an important, I think, you know, just to come back to the serious point for a minute, uh, it's it's a hard thing to do. You know, we're trained, we're trained listeners, if yeah. you like, we're trained mm. to be curious in a way, and it's hard for a lot of people. So actually, I just think just giving some tips like that to, you know, to, 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 to have these conversations is really important. Yeah, and a skill, and it's a skill that everybody can hone in on and become better at. I think. So has I've got because for mental health awareness week, keeping in line with it being mental health awareness week, coupled with the fact that we like to have the difficult conversations and tackle the um the grey areas in between. Um I've got a street cleaner outside. Has has just messaged me, he's laughing at me. I've got a street cleaner outside my window. I can't hear him. Right, literally outside my window, scraping away. So um, if, if, there's, if anyone hears <laughs> a, a funny noise that sounds like a, a rat scratching uh, a, a floor, that's just a, 
someone cleaning the street outside. Well, I can't Perfect hear it. Perfect I can't hear it. So the, I've got a few statements here that I have heard people say. Some of them have been maybe mental health quotes that you may have seen. Uh, and I want, I'm want i going to read them to you, and I'm going to ask you if you agree or disagree with them, and then you're going to tell me why. Okay. Okay? So they're statements. The first one, resilience is the ability to cope with everything that life throws at you. Disagree. You disagree. Why do you disagree? Because yeah. you've taught me loads about <laughs> resilience. <laughs> no. uh, I think, that, you know, um, it, it, it sort of um, it implies that actually you just got to take everything that's thrown at you and that's what resilience is. And so if you can't, then you don't have resilience and resilience is about, uh, it's, you know, it's way more than that. It's about understanding. Um, it's about have, being authentic, listening to your voice, understanding what's going on, understanding your triggers. And then, you know, building the right strategies to help you deal with it. Cool. You know your stuff with resilience, mate. Well, you know, I learned from, learned from the master. <laughs> All right. I, the... I'll, I'll give you his details. Uh, <laughs> <one day>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my narcissistic tendencies coming out with the first one is based all around something that I knew you would have learned from me. <clears throat> uh, so the next one actually feeds into a little bit of some of the things that we said. I'm going to go through all of them. I've got five or six here. Uh, it is important to always be kind. Oh, that sort of messes me up from the beginning. I agree. You agree that it's important to always be kind? Yeah. All right. Have you got anything to elaborate on that? Or can I ask you a question about it? I'll ask you a question about it. Okay. Uh, if I just burgled your house... Right, and then yeah. you, you met me the next day. The police arrested me, and for some reason they let you come and meet me. Would 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 it be important to be kind to me? <sighs> um, <laughs> you know, in my head, I know that the virtuous right answer is yes. You should be kind, uh, but the human in me knows that I probably wouldn't be able to be kind okay but in this instance you're saying the right thing to do if you were you know nobody's a saint so in that situation you probably wouldn't be uh you think um it's the, it would be important you know you to try and stay kind in in the ideal situation in that's yeah. right yeah yeah is that what you're giving me i'd go with that i don't think i would yeah be no kind. I, w I would if you can if you can muster it but like it, you can't you, you know can't. like so when i when I had to, uh, years ago, when uh, uh, when uh, we only had one one kid, uh, she was uh, about a year and a half. She was in the back seat of the car, and uh, my partner, she was driving the car, and a drunk driver five times over the limit went into the front of the car. Thankfully, we had just we had literally the week before changed to one of the most safe cars, and everyone was fine. I could not have been kind in that moment. Yeah. Definitely not. No. So, and, and do it, you think you should have been? No. No. No, because I it, would agree. It was, it was a it was a drink driver on the wrong side of the road, over five times the limit. Right. And so we could, if we wanted to, right, for the for the for the sake of the podcast and what we do with the conversations, we could go down the route of saying, look, this guy might have had terrible problems. You could have looked at his backstory and found some sort of compassion for him, right? 
perhaps that would be true, right? And in that moment, one of the um, consequences of how he was dealing with whatever he was dealing with is that he doesn't deserve in that moment for you to be kind. Mm. Agreed? Yes. Good. So, so I think as a default setting, always be kind. Mm. There are override. There are override buttons. Yeah. If you mess with my family, that's that's the that's a straight override button. You're not going to be kind. Exactly. And and so, uh, in some ways, to say it's important to always be kind could actually start to be a little bit toxic, right? Mm. It, 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 some people have grown up in an environment where they felt like they were only lovable if they were being nice and kind all of the time. And that can be quite toxic, right? Mm. I love the Caroline Flack statement, which is if, if you can't be anything else, be kind. Yeah, that kind of gives you the out for there when in your situation that you spoke about, the car crash, you don't have to be kind, right? Um, so that's a good one. I love that's the type of conversation I want, right? Here's an here's another one. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything nice at all. Disagree. 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 Yeah, why do you disagree? We've talked a lot about it. It's yeah. like because you always get a lot of crap for jumping up and down on Boris <laughs> Johnson, and you know why should you why should you say not only nice things about people that don't deserve it? Yeah, you know. Okay, what if he's struggling internally? Which is one of the things what? that people have said. Okay, L- yeah. Leave yeah, Boris yeah. alone. He's got, he's under so much pressure. It's not fair. You're supposed to be in the mental health space, and here you are being not very nice about somebody who's clearly under a lot of pressure then, then should i should i refrain from being less than nice we're sort of overlapping i think it, you can you can what, what i mean by that is i think don't be unkind yeah so say what's on your mind say it in a way that you know communicates what you're feeling but don't be deliberately unkind yeah you know, so you can call, you can call somebody out. You can, you can, um, you can vocalize if you don't think they're doing the right job. Whereas if you're literally just being unkind about a specific situ- like situation, then I'd say you're in the wrong. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. That I kind, I guess that is the perfect answer. Not everything of value is nice, but you don't need to be horrible to make a point. Right. But you can't always be nice to make a point. Right, which is kind of yeah. the in between that you yeah, just spoke about. Exactly. Okay, here's another one. It's okay not to be okay. Now, let me just give you a bit of context. I want you to not answer if you think it's okay not to be okay. I want you to answer if you think in we're talking Western society here. Let's talk about in the UK. If you think it's okay not to be okay. I'm not sure I fully understand the question. Are you are you asking me if I if I think that society agrees? Do you think that society in the UK thinks that it's okay not to be okay? I don't think society thinks that. Right. Why not? Because uh, you because the judgment because you know that you know if somebody uh, who is who is. You know, we've talked about this, right? Mm. But if it's perceived on many levels to be successful, 
like they've got money or you know they they you know they've got some sort of uh uh kind of perceptions of success or whatever you think then therefore well then they 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 must be okay but actually a lot of people have internal uh dialogues and stories and demons and you know whatever mm. that they have to deal with um and and society doesn't make that okay yeah yeah and i think a lot of people say it's okay to not be okay but what they actually mean is it's okay to have not been okay as long as you're showing that you're all right now because we you know we we tend still only really to celebrate people that have not been okay rather than allow people not to be okay and look if i say to you it's okay not to be okay and then aggressively try and get you to be okay and say do this do yoga go do this do that then actually i clearly don't think it's okay for you to be okay because i want you to be okay do you you see what i'm saying so it's one of those terms that's very easy to throw out but not actually always true so i'll do one more and then we'll one more before we move on to um reasons to be cheerful we need to get everyone talking about mental health. I agree. You agree? I agree. So it can you explain? Can you tell me why you agree? Um, I think that... Uh, it. F- you know, it has been something that people have had to deal with internally. And oftentimes people don't even understand why they feel the, 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 the way they, they do. There's a lot of stigma associated to mental health um, and what it means. And so people, you know, hide it because they're worried about their jobs. They're worried about their livelihoods and things like that. And then that and then culturally as well, there's you know, that's just you know you know like different cultures treat it in different ways mm. i think the more that you have you know conversations and 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 normalized you know th- that it is normal right mm. um that you can move away from stigma and it beca- and then you can start to address it so you know the work that you do is really it helps people to understand ah now I understand why I feel why I've always felt this way. Mm-hmm. Now I understand what's going on. Now I I just used to think that I was just a complete arsehole and you know no one got me. Now I understand all this stuff. So I think um and then from there from understanding is where you can build. Mm. Right? It's not about it's not about um making somebody better, right? You mm. know, it's about helping you understand where you're at, helping others around you understand where you're at and create an environment that enables you to just be who you are. Mm. So, so, so the opposite of just kind of fixing through aggressive, like let's kind of, you know, fix you to be okay. Like it's just be wherever you are and then kind of de- to de-stigmatize it. Okay. So to play devil's advocate a little bit, what if I said to you, I've struggled a lot of my life with my emotions. I'm very introverted. Um, I, I don't know. I love playing the piano and doing a bit of singing. And when I do that, it makes, it just works. It just makes me feel better about myself and helps me to release my emotions. Um, but I don't like talking about my emotions with anybody. I like to deal with my stuff internally and it really does work for me. You know, it really helps me to feel better. Um, but talking about it's not something that's I feel comfortable with. Do you, would you still encourage me to talk about it? 
Yeah. You would? Yeah. Encouraging is different from pressuring, but also there's there's uh, a different angle. So it's not it's not pushing or pressuring. Yeah. If you say, Hass, I'm, I'm not going there. I'm not going to keep pushing and badgering. But so you don't think I need to? Because I did use, in, 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 in that instance, so let's use the person I've just talked about. Not would you encourage me to talk, would you think that I need to talk? Encouragement's different, right? So we, we by, by introducing that word, that w- to bring it back to the first statement, which was we need to get everyone to talk about mental health. Do you think that person that I've just made up needs to talk about mental health? Okay, okay. so when, I, when you say everyone... I mean, I I took that to mean the collective, the collective, not not every single person. Okay, yeah. Because when 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 you say everyone, I just meant the collective, the collective as in society, course. as in group, big groups, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, workforces. Uh, if you mean we have to get everyone to talk about mental health, then I disagree because not everyone wants to, and not everyone. Okay, and and I love, and I loved, and I want to conclude what we've just said there. Because what happens is, and I know I sound like I'm being a stickler for language here, but we feed this message that we need to get everyone talking about mental health. And when when me and you are talking, we mean we need to get society as a collective to make it on the agenda as something that's being talked about. But people take that and they polarize that. And what I've seen a lot of online is people start to almost goad people to talk. I've seen people say things like, "Why aren't uh, why isn't people why aren't people talking about it? Are they scared?" And it's like, well, it might be for a start, right? So people take it, polarize it, and then think that. And I've had people, I get lots of messages from people reaching out to me saying, I've talked about the importance of mental health, and I'm going through this, and I'm not talking about it, and I feel guilty. And I'm like, well, you don't need to talk about it, right? Because we can't polarize that, right? And which is what I love about what we do. We, we explore the gray areas and then come to the conclusion that I'm right at the end. But not about fantasy, <laughs> and I'm always right. I'm joking, right? And that yeah. brings us nicely on, right, uh, uh, to reasons to be cheerful. And do, do you want to go first, Has? No, because uh, you haven't thought of one yet. I have, I have, I have. You know, it's funny because we we don't we don't talk about what we're going to talk about on the podcast, right? No. Um, and I, I've actually picked kindness. <laughs> reasons to be cheerful is kindness. Um, and actually, it was um, a, a friend of mine who I will not embarrass um, took time out of their week um, to check in, to reach in with some people that uh, that person knew. Um, a few of them were struggling, and just uh, completely. I know this person well enough to know that it was alt- it was altruistic. It was just it was giving, mm. and I just thought, you know, you know in busy lives, in worrying for yourself and your family and all that sort of stuff to kind of take time out and be and be really there for the person. I thought that was brilliant. So my reason th- to be cheerful this week is kindness. All right. I love that. Brilliant. Um, and my reason to be cheerful is, you, you remember uh, a couple of weeks ago we had the street party here down our street? Yeah. Well, the, yeah. the, the, the lady and her husband that organized it, uh, they came and like on the day they came up all the road and they were taking pictures of everyone on the house. And then uh, like last week they put this thing and I meant to bring it in so I could read it, but I've forgotten to do that. But um, 
they they put this thing through the door which had like a collage on the front of all the pictures of the whole street out on this day and it was lovely hot brilliant day um and they were like and 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 then on the back it says it was such a great day it was so good to be able to meet some people down the street that we've seen loads but never really spoken to and uh, all this kind of stuff and it said you know what we enjoyed it that much let's try and make it a semi-regular thing, right? So our street's like a dead end, so we don't get through traffic. Only come down here if you live down here. Um, and so on the, I think it's like the 6th of June, a Saturday coming up in June, everyone's going to do it again. We're going to have this street party out there for no other reason than community. Mm. And this, on the back of this letter, these this, this couple that live down our street, it said like, uh, along the end of it, they said, and just to let you know, if anybody needs any shopping done, you know where we're at. Um, if you feel like you want to come and have a social distance cuppa on the garden, you know where we are. And they must have some kind of faith in some religion because they also said, we, you know, we will pray for you if you feel if you feel like that's something that would be useful to you. And I just thought it was so nice. I've got like a love hate relationship with humans, right? In that I I, I crave connection, but I also get a bit like. Just everyone leave me alone. Um, so my wife knows people on the streets, but I'm a bit more keep myself to myself. And it's been really nice to have that community spirit come back down our street. So my reasons of my reasons to be cheerful is community spirit. Very nice. Very nice. Which I think brings us to a nice close. Have you got anything else you want to add on what has been a mental health awareness week special? I don't think I do. I think we covered a lot of really good ground. There was um, some, some, um, you know, I felt under pressure uh, for for a lot of that stuff. But actually, it was a really good conversation. I'm glad we had it. Good, yeah. And I, I put you under pressure on purpose. That's that's the way we did it. Anybody that's listening, come and join us on Instagram at 115 Miles Pod. Uh, we put loads of snippets of content out there and you'll you'll be kept up to date with when uh, stuff comes out. And also, I would encourage everyone to give us a, a rating on whatever platform you're listening to and maybe leave us a nice little review to help the podcast work. And we'll leave it there. See ya. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kyle. Yeah.